0: welcome Dr. Laura's talk again, I'm um, cancer care director at Clear Health Inn.
1: That's right.
0: Um, so this coronavirus has been with us now for a while and the lockdown and you deal almost exclusively with people who um, have low immunity in general, they have cancer, their immune system has been wiped out with, for whatever reason. It's true. Yeah. So with them, the fear and the worry must be even more amplified than what general public or the normal people kind of,
1: you'd kind of think so. Although, the attitudes have really been quite awesome and uplifting in my patient population. Oh, so? They actually have all the things that they need to do to keep themselves safe weren't new to them. They've all been commenting like we already pay attention to like washing our hands and staying away from crowds and doing all those protective cleanliness kind of germ-free things because they know they're immunocompromised. Yeah. So is this
0: Is this a case of um so the general human population has no Mm -hmm. immunity to this virus because it's new to us. It's new to the species. Right. So we feel like we're immunocompromised in a way when we're dealing with it. Right? Whereas the the patient population you're talking about has always had that issue.
1: Yeah, they've not always-, always, but since their diagnosis or since their condition, yeah, that's the all the same rules are just still applying to them. It's not really that new.
0: Hmm.
1: And I think the other attitude adjustment is they have a serious illness and they've already faced their mortality and go, really, just one more germ to deal with? Meh. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't so big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they have really positive attitudes around the whole thing and are still just keeping themselves safe the way they always do.
0: Yeah. So are they then just following the normal precautions they've always followed plus whatever social distancing and whatever's been mandated? Is that all they've been doing nothing
1: more? Yeah, pretty much. Well, and the neat thing is too for lots in our cancer um population the treatments that they're continuing to get treat exactly the things that we would to help them be more resilient to a virus anyway. Um, So very often their high dose vitamin C that they're getting for um, as an anti-cancer treatment is also a great antiviral booster. We use it in that population as well. Um, IV ozone treatments, uh, those as well are awesome antimicrobial immune boosting treatments that we use to say boost immunity when they have like low neutrophils or low lymphocytes from chemotherapy. We use that to boost, but it's also a very effective antimicrobial agent. So they also feel like they're already doing, um, some super big gun therapies to protect themselves as well from Hmm. a viral threat.
0: So is there anything that the rest of us can learn from them then if they've already been dealing with this for a while or are we already doing whatever needs to be done?
1: It's kind of interesting even like through normal flu season, when I reflect on seeing my populations of cancer patients and taking their normal precautions, they don't seem to pass things around the, the way we often see or would assume, right? These people are, say, coming together in the IV room twice a week and always seeing each other and maybe someone in their family has a flu and, you know, flu season goes around. We never see it get passed around this group of people which is kind of interesting.
0: Okay, so the, um, the, the population of patients that you deal with, are mm-hmm. ones that have cancer, are immunocompromised, and they are looking for other things besides traditional medicine to kind of strengthen their own immune system. So they're, because yes. they, they've self-selected themselves when they're coming to you.
1: Correct. So they're
0: into vitamins, they're into... So what I mean is the rest of the population you know, has been going about their lives Mm -hmm. are social distancing and doing all of that, but they're not necessarily thinking about how do they strengthen their own immune system now? Is that, is that what we could learn from these people?
1: That's a wonderful thing that we could learn from them. Absolutely. That exactly. My cancer patients probably maybe aren't so scared because they are taking so many proactive actions for themselves. Like they're in the control seat of their health, all of my patients. Um, And it is we just have a selection bias towards that because these are people who are empowered to do their own research, figure out what they need and get it for themselves. Whereas a lot of people don't have those motivations. They just want to be taken care of externally, which, well, what's that adage? Like your best defense is a good offense. Acting proactively to have a healthy body is probably the wisest thing we can do. Right? This is, a novel virus. We don't know. We're slowly gaining research as to some things that can be helpful, but we don't have a body of research to confirm, you know, what what works, what doesn't work against this. Um, But generally, the healthier you are, the less susceptible you are. That's always a rule of thumb, and we're seeing that in terms of the people who are most threatened and most um, subject to the ill effects of this virus are compromised from another condition.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say what we do know about it, about this virus, even though it's new, is that those who are immunocompromised or have an immune system that isn't functioning as well are the ones that are actually getting very seriously ill from it and and dying from it too. Exactly. So um, then the lesson is, is how do we Optimize we our we immune are system yes. so that are
1: strongest. yeah, so that when yeah. we do
0: get it, we 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 don't suffer as much from it.
1: Precisely, we have the resilience to get through it, gain the uh, immune integrity, and carry that through the population. Right? Yeah. Um,
0: so they take so some of the things you mentioned is they just let's just do very generally. So they take yep. vitamins. They take some other they pay um, attention to their diet. Yeah. Okay.
1: Like even those foundational things of getting adequate sleep. uh, There's actually kind of a neat one. Um, I came across, I've come across a a few pieces of research and some of the ideas of why children are being less, having less susceptibility to this virus um, and in general is that they have higher melatonin levels. They, well... They're not so affected by, say, screen time as we are always on our phones with our blue lights, et cetera. Um,
0: So that suppresses melatonin, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. Exactly.
0: So that's why people who are on their phones a lot have trouble sleeping. And that's why they say, don't, you know, don't look at your uh, device right when you're about to go to bed or a couple of hours
1: hours, into the evening. Yeah. Melatonin, as it turns out, is an awesome brain antioxidant. Um, just antioxidant in general, um, but is a also a powerful antioxidant even in the l- lungs. And low melatonin levels seem to be um, correlated to a worse prognosis with, with this virus and maybe explains why children are being less susceptible to it because they, in general, have higher melatonin levels than we do, right? They sleep like 12 hours overnight, a toddler does we sleep less and less correlating with lower melatonin levels Um, and melatonin happens to be a high dose nutrient we often use in cancer patients Um, it has a magical way of um, lowering the ability of tumors to um, spread through angiogenesis to spread just simply through metastasis it has a whole bunch of cancer control mechanisms so that's a supplement they're often on for their cancer it might also be protective from this antiviral perspective, maybe, interesting.
0: Um, I mentioned yeah. vitamin C yeah. and what about vitamin D and other things, zinc?
1: Mm-hmm. All those basic immune support nutrients, A, C, E, selenium, zinc. Um, again, very often a foundational part of cancer support because we're supporting the immune system for that same, same reason. Um, so yes, all of those in basic they're all frontline boosters we can use when we're feeling a threat to our immune system to help elevate immune function acutely yeah. um, and keep immune competence over time as well.
0: One thing that troubles me in particular about this is the levels of fear and anxiety in the general public and how we see that manifesting in the supermarkets. Too. Oh so, my God. So, that, that adrenaline must also suppress the immune system.
1: Huge. For me, I think the biggest factor, honestly, um, in terms of the danger of this virus is the fear factor. Um, Acute fear absolutely compromises our immune system through activating all of our stress systems. Um, We understand the physiology behind that. Um, No use going into details here, but we know those negative emotions compromise our physiological function. if we're in this constant state of flight or fight, we are not accessing any of our healing um, rest recovery modes. Then our digestion is compromised, then our absorption of nutrients is compromised, and these things snowball, and And we don't sleep as well. Um, so we wind up getting this compounding of issues compromising our resiliency. So we become more and more susceptible. And from even another perspective that fear can actually be seen as the most contagious thing actually. And the thing that spreads, um, the contagion itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the issue is with so many people having so much time at home, um, watching more of the news mm-hmm. either online or through TV and basically interacting in social media, watching other people freaking out about it um like other is there a practical way to just um kind of get out of that i mean i think <laughs> Turn i think it off well with your with your patients they, they they've dealt with that they're not they're probably not as fearful because they've prepared it's right? true is is that like a main thing if somebody feels that okay i'm doing some things i'm being proactive not only am you're i right. helping my immune system but now i'm in a better you know yeah, they, be right. they, they have this
1: strong locus of control there versus someone who isn't very well-educated about what they can do for themselves, right? Doesn't have that locus of control, um, who is just told to, you know, sequester themselves. And now we have this social isolation that adds to anxieties, right? We're social creatures, we need the support of our communities. And so that's really trying on a lot of people's psychology, um, a lot. So unless you're proactively thinking of ways to keep yourself connected, um, and kind of keep that emotional resiliency up, it can be a huge struggle. Um, but yeah, the, I think a big piece there is not, not having the understanding of what, what you can do proactively. Um, having a plan and having things to do kind of tricks us into thinking that we have control over the situation. And I say it tricks us into thinking we have control because the reality is we never really have control. But when we trick our minds into thinking we have control by having actions to take and things to do and um, understanding what the consequences of those might be, um, it really helps to settle our minds. Um, Simply having a plan to get through um, really does work wonders. And that probably is a commonality with all of my patients too. They have their plan in place they know what they're doing to look after themselves. And so they feel quite safe because of that. But without a plan and compounded with isolation and just messages of fear and keeping yourself isolated, that's a snowball of anxiety just building and building. Hmm. There's just so many unknowns with this virus that it's hard to have a plan. Yeah. yeah. Have to take a further step back.
0: Great. So any maybe final advice, you can give us the top three things you tell the average person to do now.
1: Mm. Well, the number, the big flashy number one is find your ways to subdue the fear. You have to stop watching the news, whatever it is, connect with the people you care with, even if it's through a distance. Um, Stop getting those messages and, Well, hear the message that your body knows what it's doing, even with a novel virus it's never seen before. Trust in your body's ability to heal itself. That's kind of always a foundational message that I have to rest, that I rest in, and that I hope I can inspire my patients to rest in as well. Um, And then the practical aspects, follow the instructions of, of the health authorities and You know, do your social distancing. Wash your hands. Forget about all the hand sanitizer unless you don't have a hand washing available, right? But wash your hands. Gargle. Gargling can be even more effective for respiratory illness than washing hands, even just with water. So every time you brush your teeth, gargle. Rinse off those mucous membranes. Um,
0: How about with salt?
1: Sure. Salt can up the ante. Or... um, even with the original flavor, brown Listerine is essential oils. That stuff's badass, it will kill anything. Um, but simple water gargling is even good enough. Um, or even castor oil, there's an awesome thing to gargle with to cleanse out your mucous membranes. Um, but sp- so washing, <laughs> keeping the social distancing, doing all those precautionary things that we've been instructed to. Um, and what would I say is a third? Well, think about how you can make yourself more resi- resilient. So the, that big, broad um, background, You know, are you at home binging Netflix and junk food? Or are you, you know, taking the time you have to make home-cooked meals? Uh, maybe experimenting with new recipes, eating your whole foods, getting your rest, prioritizing self-care, so that you are really looking after yourself to be a stronger version of yourself and a more resilient one.
0: All right. On that very positive uh, note, uh, I think we'll end this. Uh, Thank you very much. Appreciate uh, you giving us the time.
1: Absolutely.